Well, good morning again, church. Isn't it good to know that God is for you? Like, I am so pumped by that. Just, I love the song. I love that we could spend some time in prayer. Got teachers and school staff, thanks for being here. We're so grateful for you. And uh, today, we're starting a brand new teaching series called Contagious. And, and I planned my series like six months in advance. And so we, the series was planned, and, and then we decided that this was going to be the day that we recognized teachers. And I was like, ah, do I change the series? Do I talk about something about teachers? And I was like, nope. We're going to talk about Contagious because, teachers, I want you and guests, I want you to hear the heartbeat of Warehouse Church. And today's message really is the heartbeat of why we do what we do. And so I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that those of you that are watching online are here as well. And if you're a teacher online that's watching online or you work in a school, we want you to know that we're praying for you as well. And, uh, and so thank you for all that you do. And, uh, and so this is going to be a great message this morning. It's going to be a good message to help us to uh, remind ourselves of, of the, the reason of why we do what we do and, and, uh, at Warehouse Church. And so when you hear the word contagious, you probably think of things like, well, most recently you think of COVID, or maybe you think of the AIDS virus, or maybe you go back to even the Black Plague, or you might even just think of the last time that in your house that there was a bad case of the flu, right, that was spreading all through your home or maybe even through the office. And so that's the kind of what we think about when we think about the word contagious. Or if you're old enough and you're old as like I am and, 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 you're, and you're old enough to maybe you conjure up me, uh, memories of an old movie that was starred uh, Rene Russo and Dustin Hoffman and you saw them in their virus proof suits uh, doing the dangerous work of containing a deadly virus. And the movie uh, Outbreak was the movie and, uh, and in it there was this uh, monkey's. And, and the monkeys are captured, and they're, they're bringing them to America so that they can be pets. They're going to sell these monkeys as pets in America. And unbeknownst to the monkey trappers, one of the animals is a carrier for a deadly, deadly lethal virus. And, and the plot of the movie, it's really, it's pretty simple. I mean, the plot is simply this, that monkey goes to America, monkey scratches man, man kisses girl, and so on and so on and so on until an entire community is infected. And, and the rest of the movie is basically a battle between viral scientists and, and military strategists over whether or not the community that is uh, contaminated, whether or not it should be simply contained or whether it should be completely destroyed. So everybody say, bad monkey. Bad monkey. Yeah, so, uh, so there are two scenes in the movie. Uh, two scenes that are really key scenes that show the speed or the spread of the virus and, and just how contagious this outbreak was. And, and one scene involves this military strategist, and he's like in the war room, right? And the lights are dim, and, and, and he's given the bad news. And, and so behind him is this computer-generated map of the United States, and, and there's a single red dot flashing, and the red dot symbolizes that that is the point of contact. That is the place where the infection occurred. And, and showing how much more of the map will be engulfed with each, with each passing hour, the military man says that in the next 12 hours, the, the spread will be this far and the red dot gets a little bigger. And then he says in the next 24 hours, it will spread this far and the red dot gets bigger. He says in the th next 36 hours, the, the spread will be this far and the red dot gets even bigger. And then in 72 hours, it will be this far. And by that time, the map of the United States has turned completely red. Like the red dot is covering the entire United States and the virus has now become a nation killer and it's on its way to becoming a world killer. And in that one short 
cinematic scene, the contagious power of the virus becomes clear that it is unstoppable. But then the next key scene in the movie, it shows a, a movie or a, it shows a man sitting in a, in a movie theater and, and he's sneezing. And, and as he sneezes, the camera follows the virus out of his nose and across the rows and rows of packed movie seats, theater seats into the open mouth of an unsuspecting movie watcher. And it's kind of a gross scene, but it, it makes the point. It makes the point that, that all it takes, that all it takes for a virus to be contagious is close contact with the right person at the right time. And bam, you're infected. And so the, world, uh, the word contagious, the, the word, is usually used in a negative sense. Like that's all we ever hear about when we hear the word contagious is that uh, it's associated with words like disease or death or plague or pandemic uh, or sickness. But, but I was thinking, what if, what if uh, the word contagious was used in a totally different context? Like what if the context wasn't death, but rather the context was life? That what if the context of the word contagious was used uh, simultaneously with a movement of God and not a physical illness. Like, my premise is pretty simple. The point that I want to make today is this, that early Christianity was contagious, that that first century Christians were spreading this virus like a wildfire, that it infected the general population so quickly that no one was safe. That in just a few years, the known world was infected by the Christian epidemic, and it hasn't been the same since. And today, the virus is being trapped within the four walls of all of our quarantine churches, and it's true. I mean, did you think about it? Did you know that the typical churchgoer, that the typical average churchgoer will die without ever sharing a single, with a single person or ever telling a single person about the good news of Jesus Christ. That the average believer will never in their lifetime tell someone else the good news of Jesus. That most believers don't even have a specific person in mind for whom they're praying for in the hope that that person would say yes to Jesus. That most believers aren't even thinking about who they would want to or praying for who they would want to share the gospel with. And many believers would say that just because they're not a gifted evangelist, that because they're not Billy Graham or because they're not some gifted evangelist, that it's not their responsibility. It's not even their responsibility. It's not their job. They would say it's the pastor's job to tell others about Jesus. That Christ, but I think that Christianity should be one of the most contagious viruses out there. That people should be hearing the good news of Jesus Christ every single day. Now, why would I use a virus analogy, especially in 2022 and, and so close to, to uh, what's been going on with COVID? Well, the reason I use it is because a virus is one of the most efficient and powerful forces under heaven. However, while viruses can be destructive, I don't want us to focus on destruction. I want us to focus on how contagious viruses can be uh, and how powerful and efficient and fast 
they are. You see, understanding the power of the characteristics of a virus is the key to understanding the, how the gospel can and will infect our community. You see, viruses move quickly. They move fast, and they are efficient. In the movie Outbreak, the monkey was the carrier. The monkey infected other carriers who infected other carriers and until an entire community was infected. And the reality is this, that viruses spread fast. Take the common cold, for example. A cold can, uh, can infect every member of a household in just a matter of days. It can tear down an office in no time. Like teachers, you feel me, right? Like you know what I'm talking about because you know how fast a stomach bug or the flu can spread through your classroom. Like you know what it feels like to see how fast a virus can move. And once it tags you, it's like, tag, you're it. You've got it. And so a virus is fast, but not only is a virus fast, but a virus is efficient too. You see, a virus, what it does is it fully infects its host. And, and once uh, active, the virus will not stop until its task is complete. It has one purpose, and that is to infect the host and to dominate its host completely, 100%. And so viruses can be irritating, like a cold, or a virus can be deadly, like the plague, or a virus can be life-changing, like the gospel. But there is no doubt about it that every virus is powerful and quick. In the book of Acts, which is a book in the New Testament of the Bible, uh, it's a book that tells the story of the first century church. It's the, the story of the birth of the church, if you will, the Christian church. And, and in the book of Acts, we see that the good news was extremely contagious. And, and back in the first century, every person living in the province of Asia during that time was exposed to the gospel virus within two years. That's a ton of people that were exposed to the good news of Jesus Christ within two years. The gospel had infected almost the entire Roman Empire within about 30 years. And, and Christianity becomes the dominant religion in the Roman Empire within 300 years. Christianity back in its day was very quick and very efficient. The good news of Jesus was unstoppable and extremely contagious. It spread from person to person, from life to life, from community to community. And so I thought about that, and I thought, as I read Acts, and every time I read Acts, I think, how does the church become contagious like that again? Like, how does the church in 2022 become contagious? How do we become so contagious that everyone in our community catches it? And what I've learned is that for the gospel to become contagious, it really needs three things. It needs a courageous carrier, it needs an infectious sneeze, and it needs a contagious virus. A courageous carrier, an infectious sneeze, and a contagious virus. And in our scripture today that we're going to look at in Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 18, we're going to see all three of these elements as the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Philippi 
and he shares some good news with them. And so if you have your Bibles, or if you have the Bible app, or you just want to read along on the screens behind me, we're going to read from Philippians chapter 1 and and verses 12 through 18. Just go ahead and read along with me. And here's uh, what Paul says to the church. He says, now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. So what's happened to Paul? Paul has been imprisoned. He's been put in prison for his beliefs, for preaching the good news. And so they put him in prison for it. And it says, I want you to know that it's happened to me uh, has served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And so what Paul's saying is saying, because I'm in chains, because I'm chained down to this wall, because I'm imprisoned, I've let every single person know of the good news. Like, I'm a captive audience. There's a guy chained to me 24 hours a day. He knows Jesus backwards and forwards, and everyone around me knows, and he says, the entire palace guard and everyone else knows why I'm here. Because of Jesus. Verse 14. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul says, and because I'm in chains, because of my circumstances, I have sneezed my virus, my gospel, my Jesus-loving virus on every person. And he says that most of the brothers and sisters have received it. It says they've become confident or they've become saved in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel. So not only have they received the good news of Jesus Christ, but now they're carriers spreading the good news to everyone else. Verse 15, it says, It is um, true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, um, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. So in this passage, the first thing that we see that's really important if we're going to become contagious is that we need a carrier that is contagious. A carrier that is courageous. I mean, courageous. Paul was that courageous carrier in our scripture today. He trusted the Lord and he crossed barriers despite overwhelming odds. Like, Paul didn't care who you were, he didn't care where you came from, he didn't care what you did. He was gonna share the good news of Jesus Christ with you no matter what. He was driven to get the gospel out. Like that was his heart's desire. He wanted everyone to know about this Jesus that we just sung about. He wanted everyone to know that, that, that no matter what it took, that he was going to let you know about the good news. In every town, in every town, Paul unleashed it. Like he didn't hold back. Sometimes I think we forget the courage that it took for Paul to continue to share the gospel Uh, in this often volatile and violent culture. Like people were angry and they were against the good news. They didn't want you preaching about Jesus. They would arrest you, but they wouldn't just arrest you. They would beat you and they would put you in jail. And at times they would take your life. And so Paul was courageous. In one passage in the gospels or in the epistles, Paul removes his shirt and he, he shows his back and his scars to the Corinthians. And he says, I have been in prison 
more frequently than you can imagine. I've been beaten more severely than you could ever dream of. And I've been exposed to death again and again and again. And yet, he kept going. He could not be stopped. He was driven to accomplish the mission. He was a courageous carrier. And if we're going to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to all of Floyd County, listen, we need some courageous carriers. We need some courageous carriers. We need some folks who are willing to do whatever it takes. We need some risk takers to share the good news. So we need some courageous carriers. The second thing is that we need a sneeze that is infectious. We need a sneeze that is infectious. Listen, Paul's sneeze was so contagious. Like if he sneezed on you, you were going to get the virus. You were going to get the gospel virus in you. And he sneezed on Mars Hill and all of Greece got sprayed. He sneezed in a Roman prison and the entire palace guard caught the cold. But he wasn't the only sneezer. And we learned that in our scripture. He said, I sneezed it on others, and they turned around and sneezed it on others. Uh, Courageously, it said, and fearlessly. And so we need a sneeze that is infectious. Uh, The sneeze, and what is that? A, A sneeze. A sneeze is actually the act of inviting others to Jesus. That's what a sneeze, a gospel sneeze is. It's in inviting others to Jesus. It's the process by which others are infected by the gospel virus. Uh, when someone sneezes, you can't help but know it. Like if someone in the back sneezed, someone inevitably in here would say, God bless you. And, and sneezes are loud, right? Like my sneezes are loud. I don't know about yours. Some of y'all try to contain them. It's fun to watch you do it. You're like, okay. And you're like, yeah, that was, come on, give me a real one, right? Like so, but, but sneezes are real. And, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but sneezes travel at the speed of 100 miles an hour. Like when you try and hold your sneeze in, that's not good for you. Uh, and because uh, there's 100 miles an hour worth of wind coming out of you. And, and everyone knows, and it, it makes my point very well, that gospel sneezes need to be loud. They need to be big and they need to be wet, Right? And so, listen, the call to sneeze on Christians is not an option. It's not optional. It's an irrevocable mandate that Jesus himself gave. Jesus gave us what we call the great commission, not the good suggestion. And so Jesus said, uh, and John, he said in the Gospel of John, he said these words, he said, peace be with you. He said it to his disciples. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You see, our God that's for you, the God that we sang about you, he's a sending God. He's a God that doesn't say just sit in your church and your holy huddles and be happy, but he's a sending God that says, I want you to go outside of the church and I want you to, to sneeze on other people. As a matter of fact, the second part of that verse says, uh, and when Jesus um, says, and with that, Jesus breathed on them. He breathed on them, the Holy Spirit, and and he breathed on them and he commanded them to go and breathe on others. And this is what we call evangelism. It's a really fancy church word that means sneezing the good news on others. Like it's just, that's what it means. It means, hachu, I sneeze God on you. And and so, um, that rhymed too, I'm a poet. I didn't even know it. So to sneeze on someone It requires, though, contact, right? Like close contact with people. Uh, We must be in close proximity with people if we're going to infect them. And so we have to be close enough to get get them wet with our sneeze. And so it requires intentionality. 
It requires us to position ourselves in such a way that where we go, we're close enough to share the good news with people that need to hear it. We must get out of our Bible bubbles. We got to get out of our holy huddles. If we expect the epidemic of the good news, we must be near the uninfected. I love that teachers, you have such an opportunity to be contagious in so many different ways. Like you can teach your children to be contagious in kindness. You can teach your children to be contagious in loving others no matter who they are. Like you have such an opportunity to infect our kids with so many amazing qualities. And as as Christians, we also have such an amazing opportunity, but we must position ourselves in such a way to be close and near to those who have yet to be infected by the gospel. We have to sneeze on people. So we have to be courageous. We have to sneeze on people. And finally, we need a virus that's contagious. We need one that's contagious. And I want you to look at what Paul said in verse 15 and 18 again. He says this, he says, it is true that some people, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter, those who are doing it out of envy, uh, do so, uh, or the latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, that Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And so Paul's like, listen, I know that there's some guys out there who are preaching the gospel for the absolute wrong motives. Like they, they want to they speed up the process of me becoming beheaded. He says, but big deal. Like, what does it matter? He says, either way, the gospel is being preached. And that's what I get excited about is the gospel being preached. Paul was just happy. He was just happy that the gospel was being preached, even if it was being preached for the wrong motives. And don't misunderstand, he was concerned. Trust me, he was concerned with the lifestyle and the motives of those who called themselves Christians. You don't have to read far into the New Testament to find that he was concerned about that. But what mattered most to Paul, and I love Paul for this because that's my heart too, what mattered most to him was that the virus was infecting others. He didn't care so much about the motives as he did about the message. So yes, it's important that we understand how to live the Christian life. That's why one of our core values here is to grow in our faith. It's important to us, but it's also important to us that we share the good news of Jesus with others. And that's why our other core value of loving differently matters. So if we're going to spread the gospel virus into our community, listen, we're going to need some courageous carriers. We're going to need a sneeze that is infectious. And we're going to need a virus that is contagious. All around the world, there are pockets of outbreaks of the, vir- of the good news happening. Pockets of outbreaks that began with followers of Jesus Christ who were tired, who were tired of simply going to church and who were actually being the church in their community. There are pockets of people who wanted so badly for there to be a movement of God in their community that they would not stop until they satisfied the calling that God had placed in their hearts. You know, around here at Warehouse Church, we say that we exist as a church 
so that others would experience the transforming relationships through Jesus Christ, that others would catch the bug that we already have. And I thought, what would it look like? What would it look like if an outbreak began here at Warehouse Church? Like, I just want you to imagine with me, what would that look like if an outbreak began here and it spread throughout Prestonsburg? Like, what would it look like if an outbreak began here and the Holy Spirit caught hold of us here and we became contagious, courageous carriers of the gospel and we spread throughout Prestonsburg and every man, every woman, every child at least had the opportunity to hear the gospel, but it didn't stop in Prestonsburg. It became so contagious that it reached out into all of Floyd County and all of Floyd County had the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus. What would that be like? Like I think about right now and I think about uh, we are in such a position right now to not only be the hands and feet of Jesus by serving our community uh, as they recover from flood, which we should be doing and need to be doing and are doing, but we also have the amazing opportunity to be the mouth of Jesus right now. And to not only show them his kindness and his love with our kindness and our love as we hand food, as we hand out uh, uh, cleaning buckets, as we hand out box fans, as we help them clean out and mud out their homes. That's being the hands and feet. But we also have an opportunity to share with our mouths the good news that when someone looks at you and says, why are you doing this? You say, ha ha. Let me tell you, because there's a God that's for you. There's a God that loves you. There's a God that wants to be in relationship with you. And I do this because my God loves me and I love my God and because I love you. We have such an opportunity right now. And you might be sitting there wondering, well, could God even use a little community in eastern Kentucky to change the world? And I would say, if you even ask that question, you don't understand how big my God is. He's such a big God. He used 12, y'all. He used 12 disciples to change the world. Imagine what he could do with 150 courageous carriers going out into the community to change the world. Could God use us? Oh, yeah. God could do more than use us. And so communities, I want you to hear this because I think this is so important. Communities aren't changed by pastors. And they're really not used, changed by pastors with skinny jeans. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I wear skinny jeans from time to time. Pastors aren't, uh, communities aren't changed by pastors. Communities aren't changed by exciting sermons fancy slogans, or cool churches. That's not what changes a community. Communities are changed because people like you and me are sharing Jesus with others. That's how communities are changed. It's changed by people like us. So I just want to ask you a question as we wrap up today. As our worship team comes up, I want you to think about this question. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an important question. Who are you 
going to sneeze on? You laugh. But it's true. Who are you going to sneeze the good news of Jesus Christ on? Who are you going to pray for? Who are you going to be, uh, how are you going to be a part of spreading a virus so contagious that the world is transformed like never before? Who are you going to intentionally be around in hopes of sneezing the gospel on them? Who are you going to sneeze on? Because let me tell you, you are holding one of the most contagious viruses within you. And it's the virus of Jesus Christ. It's the virus of Jesus. Father God, I thank you for giving us this mission to be contagious Christians in our world. Father, I, I think of how many opportunities come and pass me by every day. Opportunities that I could have sneezed on someone. Opportunities that I could have shared the good news with somebody. But I was too busy, or I was distracted, or I was afraid, or I didn't feel like it. Father, you're calling us to be courageous carriers of your good news. So, Father, my prayer is that your Holy Spirit would fall upon Warehouse Church. And that this little church that's in Eastern Kentucky would become ignited, emboldened, empowered, equipped to go and spread the good news to every man and every woman and every child in the county of Floyd County. God, and I know there's probably someone in this room today who has never said yes to you. That there's someone in this room today who has never had a personal relationship with you, who has never given their life to you, that has never experienced the virus of the good news. Father, I want to give them an opportunity this morning to say yes to you. I want to give them an opportunity this morning to receive the greatest virus you could ever get, the only virus in the world that you'd want more of, and that's the love of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you've made it so simple. Lord, all we have to do to receive the only thing we have to do to have a relationship with you is to ask for it. God, we don't have to be good enough. We don't have to jump through hoops. We don't have to clean up our act. We don't have to get ourselves straight with you. The only thing we have to do is invite you into our life. Your word says that if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that you are Lord, that we will be saved. So, Father, if there's someone in this room today who has never given their life to you, I would just invite them right now to just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me whole again. 
invite you in. And Lord, there's the rest of us that are in this room that have said yes to you. Lord, we have a mission to be carriers of your gospel. And Lord, we maybe we haven't done such a good job at infecting others. Lord, that doesn't mean we can't start today. So Lord, may today be the day that we say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my, my, home, my homework. I'm gonna figure out how I can best infect others with the good news. I'm gonna start praying for some people in my life that I know need to be infected with it. And then I'm gonna start having conversations. I'm gonna keep being the hands and the feet, but I'm also gonna be your mouthpiece. And I'm gonna tell others, physically tell others about how good you are, how great you are, and how you saved my life and how you can save theirs. So God, would your Holy Spirit just ignite within us a desire to be a courageous carrier for your gospel. Lord, our community needs it. Our county needs it. And I believe with all of my heart that you can use Warehouse Church to make an impact in our community. God, thank you for our teachers. God, thank you for our school staff. God, thank you that they came today to be honored. I hope they feel honored. I hope they feel loved. I hope they feel blessed. I hope they know that our prayer doesn't end today. That God, we're gonna continue to pray for them. And in their basket, there's a little note. And in that note, there's a little opportunity for them to connect with us so that we can pray with them throughout the year. We just wanna pray for them. They can share their needs with us and we'll pray for them. And so Lord, I pray that teachers would take advantage of that but at the end of the day they would just know there's a little church on water gap road that's praying for them and loves them and is here for them and is for them we love you lord thanks for loving us in the many ways that you do